Welcome to Movies with Heart. My name is Kiri, avid movie watcher and your host today. And as always, I am joined by my friend Brett. Hello. So for today's movie, I actually want to pose a question to you, Kiri. And the question, the question is, is if you had to relive the same day as a holiday, like the same holiday over and over, which holiday would it be? Oof. Okay, I feel like I wouldn't pick any of the big ones because I feel like that would get old really fast. Like yeah. Halloween, Thanksgiving, or Christmas, I feel like that would just, <laughs> you know, Thanksgiving food, I would. I feel like after about a week, I'd be like, all right, enough's enough. Um, but I would want a day off work. So I would probably pick something boring like Labor Day. Really? Yeah, like I like fall. I always know I have that day off work so I could do whatever I wanted. So I, I, like I, that. I'm a little bit of the opposite. I actually would pick probably Thanksgiving. And the reason for that is because food for one, right? constantly good food. And two, just being around family and stuff like that. I don't know if that would really That's get true. old to me. Just like having the same, I don't know, maybe it would, but that's just my thoughts. So, because my first, that was actually my first thought. I, because I was like, Christmas, no. And then I was like, Thanksgiving, because I do love um, being around family. But my thought was just, I was like, I don't know, like the same meal day after day after day was kind of my thing that I was like, ooh, I don't know. But if you're taking stuff to Thanksgiving, you can change it up. You're like, oh, I didn't really like this, but I can change this up. And so I don't know. I'm, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for food. So I also could eat rolls like no one you've ever seen. I still hold the record in my family for most rolls eaten on Thanksgiving. And that includes like boys that are going through puberty. (laughs) And I think that's kind of the beauty of it is if you had to relive it over and over again, you could eat as much as you want and not even worry about having to gain like any weight or anything like that. So that is very true. You make a good, you make a good point for Thanksgiving, Brett. Yeah. So, so, as I'm sure any avid movie watcher can guess, today's movie is 1993's Groundhog Day. And I actually have some interesting information about this film that you may already have, but I actually didn't know until I did a little bit of research on this film. And mm-hmm. m- mind you, this film's totally nostalgic to me. Like I've watched this it's film so many times and for some reason like i thought i went and saw this around christmas but it didn't come out until like until february 12th or or, yeah like february 12th and so i did not know that i don't know i i mean but anyway the i guess this film won seven awards and got 17 nominations so i Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't know it did that well i just remember it being a really good film but i didn't know that it did that well so kind of interesting yeah they're so. all kind of obscure nominate like they weren't academy award nominations um right. but it did get a lot of buzz especially for a comedy film yeah yep so typically with movies we like to start with like the bad like get into anything that we had like complaints or critiques about and then kind of go into the good however and i can't speak for you brett there's not a lot that i was like yeah i don't like that yeah, I'm kind of on the same page because this film, like I said, is pretty nostalgic. Like I used, I usually watch this film, even though it's gr- about Groundhog's Day, I usually watch this film around Christmas because I 
thought that I originally saw it in theaters around Christmas. But I mean, February is fairly close to Christmas. But usually yeah. for some reason, even when I watch this film, it has a Christmas feel to it. And I think that's mostly because it's like winter, snow type I was about stuff. to say, I think it's the snow. Right. And so I, this is like a Christmas film that I kind of tend to watch, even though it's not about Christmas. So, But I don't have a whole lot of bad to really say about the film. Yeah, me either. Like, I was kind of thinking it over, and I was like, wouldn't change any of the actors. Wouldn't really change the the screenplay and we can kind of go into this all in in a little bit but yeah i guess we'll just kind of dive right in into some of what we what we liked and just some like general movie discussion this isn't really one of like the nitty-gritty ones like we've got some coming up that i'm just like oof, we gotta talk about this <laughs> this one doesn't have a lot of that this is just kind of one of those classic feel-good movies and it does its job yeah and i think this film sounds kind of interesting because there was kind of a lot of comedies that were happening, especially with Bill Murray, I, I believe mm -hmm. like around this time period. Um, yeah. And on the surface, this film's just a great film. Even just on the skim surface, this is a great mm -hmm. fun film. But as you watch it a few times, there's a lot of depth yeah. to this film as well. And so it's, it's very, it's very interesting. So I'm kind of excited to, to, want to hear what you want dive to into this yeah yeah before we continue um do you want to give a spoiler alert out there i feel like it goes without saying as we're doing film analysis but just a heads up if you have not seen groundhog day it's a great film go watch it and then come back um, unless you don't care about spoilers in which case go ahead and keep listening but we are gonna we we do definitely dive deep into these films so spoiler alerts um there are going to be several spoilers in every episode and the funny thing about it is if you haven't seen Groundhog's Day already, you must be living like in a cave or under a rock or something <laughs> like that because it seems like everyone I've talked to, like when I mentioned Groundhog's Day, like, oh, yeah, I've seen Groundhog's Day. So if you haven't seen it, you're either like super young and just haven't watched a whole lot of movies or you're living like in a cave. So, yeah. All righty. Um, anything else you want to say before we just dive right in? Let's go for it. Cool. So one thing I noticed is I actually, I typically like to watch movies in one sitting, but due to some uh, unforeseen circumstances, <clears throat> dogs deciding that we were going to go to bed early, um, I actually watched it in two pieces. So I watched half of it one night and then the other half the next. And I didn't realize until I started watching the next day, but I was like, wow, we're more than halfway through this and he's still a douchebag. <laughs> I didn't realize like for how long the movie he was a douchebag. And I think it's because as a, so he kind of just like brief background for anyone who hasn't seen this in a while. Um, he hates Groundhog Day. He's a terrible, terrible character, kind of like a Scrooge, but for Groundhog Day, I guess. Um, and he, so he starts out, he's a jerk. He's a douchebag. He's really cynical, really egotistical. Um, and then he's, starts to relive Groundhog Day over and over and over and over again. And you kind of see him go through a lot of changes as the film goes on. And so I think as a kid, I didn't pick up like the point where he starts trying to seduce Rita. As an adult, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, he's like, he's playing her this whole time. 
Yeah. As a kid, I was just like, oh, look at him. Like he's building a snowman with her and he's being nice. And so I didn't realize like for how long in the film, he's just like not a good person. <laughs> yeah. Very one track minded. Yep. So I think that was just like my biggest surprise going away this time is just seeing him kind of go through that. And I read somewhere and I thought this was really interesting that as he goes through this like experience, he goes through the five stages of grief. And I was like, oh my gosh, that makes perfect sense. Like denial, I would say only happens like the first few days because he's like kind of in disbelief and shock and he doesn't know what to do. And like people are coming up to him and he's, put, he's shoving him away. And then anger happens pretty quick. Like one of my favorite parts as a, as a kid, just because when you're a kid, you think these things are funny, is when Ned walks up to him and he goes, Ned? And just punches him right in the face. Yep. That's a, <laughs> like good, that's as, a good part. It's <laughs> a good part. And when he's, I don't know. So yeah, like, you know, the denial, anger, bargaining, you definitely kind of see. It's kind of when he's, I don't know, like when he kind of starts doing the crazy things, like he's like, well, let's put myself in prison. See what that does. <laughs> Let me just gorge myself on pastries. Doesn't matter. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be the same way tomorrow. And then you see the depression because you see him try to commit suicide several times. And then the acceptance is when things really start to change. Yeah, and I actually was going to talk a little bit about that as well because I definitely yeah. picked that up. Um, Go but ahead. I'm, I'm going to let you keep going because you've got to have more. Like, there's this film so deep. Like, I'm well, sure let's you've just, got more. Let's go a bit at a time. What do you What do you have to say about the five stages of grief? So I think, and I'll I'll kind of I'll touch more on this probably a little bit later. But I think it was very interesting on how we saw, and I'm I'm going to make a, a quick point. Um, mm -hmm. The I believe it was the writer actually did an interview and he talked about just kind of how long of a phase this day continuing for Phil would be. And when they were writing the story, he kind of had the mindset of this would take somewhere between 30 to 40 years. And so this is actually 30 to 40 years of Phil reliving his life over and over and over and over again. Um, and so just taking that, and thinking about how long it took Phil to actually truly go through these five stages is mm -hmm. actually a lot more than just a few days. I mean, it's a span of 40 years that he went through all these different stages. So we don't know. I mean, because he did make mention, and you, you talked about how he tried to kill himself. And he, I think there's a conversation that he has in the coffee shop where he talks about like he's tried to kill himself every which way. So, I mean, that mm -hmm. may have lasted like years and years and years. So it's just very fascinating to to really think about that in depth instead of being like, oh, oh what, like a few weeks or something that we may get like a, a hint of in the film. It's actually a span of so many years. And so that's what I thought was so interesting about all the different phases he went through is how long it took him to go through each phase because it doesn't really say we just have an idea that's true so that was that's kind of my point yeah um i i want to cover some technical stuff first because then i want to really dive deep into like the morality and stuff about it so let's get sure. the just as far as the technical stuff that i think was really well done um i was looking in murray bill murray wasn't actually like their I don't want to say initial acting choice, but they kind of had a couple things in mind before 
Murray audition, then they ended up picking him. And I'm so glad <laughs> because I tend to be really critical with comedies and with rom-coms. And I think had they picked an actor who was a little more animated and over the top, like the ones that immediately come to mind are like, if they had picked like a Jim Carrier or Will Ferrell, I think I would have hated this movie. Yeah. Yep. Because the repetition would have just been too much for me. Like I would have just been like, y'all need to chill. <laughs> like you need to calm down. And Murray's just delivery, his, his deadpan, his just like, the way he delivers everything, he doesn't, the part that he, the parts that he really hits that are supposed to be over the top are perfectly beautifully over the top. But the parts that are confused or just deadpan or depressed, he hits those too. Well, and the thing is, is I think kind of to your point, they were looking for an actor who had a very dry sense of humor and a kind of a dry delivery. And I believe Yes. So Ghostbusters was done before this. And I think Scrooge mm -hmm. may have been done before this. I don't know when Scrooge came out. I think you're out. right. And so he kind of had a few, this is kind of when he was in his stride, like in this mm -hmm. era that this film was done. And so he had a lot of movies under his belt where they, he, he was showing off his, his dry pan type humor where he could deliver a line and keep a straight face but it's funny. So mm -hmm. I think it was a pretty brilliant choice for them to do it. Instead I totally of, agree. Instead of like you said, like a, an over the top actor who, I mean, at this time probably been like Steve Martin or something like that. You know, Steve right. Martin has done some fantastic films. Don't get me wrong, but he has been a little more wacky. Um, I think Steve Martin era. was actually one of those that they, if I recall correctly, he was actually one that they were, kind of planning on okay. like one that they were kind of thinking about until they ended up uh auditioning and seeing bill murray right and like i said i think just kind of during this time bill murray was kind of in his stride and so they kind of decided to go in that mm -hmm. direction and like i said don't get me wrong like um steve martin he's done some fantastic films and we can talk about those films later but usually in his films he when he has like anger or anything like that it's it is kind of over the top when the way mm -hmm. he reacts and stuff like that so mm -hmm. yeah so i think i mean i think murray was a great choice i think the the screenplay was done in a way that you never got bored with a certain scene which i think was good too they they gave you just enough to leave you almost wanting more and you never really got tired of a certain day or a certain scene. Right, which I think was would be fairly hard to do since you're watching mm -hmm. the same day over and over and over again, but they were able to do it in a way where you saw on the first day everything in the background, and then he started interacting with all those different objects as each day went on and on and on. I think they did a fabulous yeah. job being able to keep you entertained with all that. Mm-hmm. All right. So now that we've just kind of covered the technical stuff, we got to, we got to get into the deep, we got to deep dive into this. We got to get into the good stuff. <laughs> so what I love about this movie is that Phil never becomes a completely different human being. You can tell the whole time you're like, yeah, this is Phil. Like when he's angry, when he's depressed, when he's, you know, a good, a good dude by the end, it's all, it all still feels like Phil, Col Phil Collins. Is that his name? Um, I believe it is, uh, it just says Phil. 
So I'm not sure what his actual full. Bill Connors. That's what Phil it is. Connors. Connors is, okay. Yeah, that's the last name. Yep. It's taking me a minute. But yeah, I think it's really interesting that I feel like the first half of the movie plays out very comedically. And the second half of the movie plays out very, like, almost spiritually. Because yeah. the first half, you know, he's, he's punching people. He, you know, the whole car chase scene is great. The whole scene with, with, the, with the groundhog, don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. Well, and the funny thing, I don't mean to take us off track too much, but he actually got bit twice during that yeah, scene. Yeah, I saw that. And had to take uh, rabies shots because he had the bites were so severe during that scene. So, I mean, kudos to Bill Murray for getting bit yeah. twice by that groundhog and still being able to deliver. Being like, yeah, we're going to go through this. So, yeah, I mean, well, in the scene with the scene with the cops where he gets thrown in jail, the scene where he, you know, destroys the the radio every which way. Yep. There's just, yeah, like every, that whole first half of the movie is definitely where the comedy plays in yeah i i would agree i would definitely agree with that and then the second half what i first of all like one thing that i did not expect to happen i'm like sitting there watching it and i remembered the part with the old man right where he tries to save the old man over and over again i'm like sitting on my couch getting all emotional which i did not expect (laughs) Because yeah. it's shorter than I remember, too. So I'm watching him, but the part when he's, like, in a back alley and he's trying to doing CPR and trying to wake him up, I'm, like, a weeping mess on my couch. Yeah. And I'm, like, okay, did, like, did not see this coming. <laughs> yeah. And so I think, yeah, this whole second half of the film is when it really starts to – I don't want to say gets good because the first half is very good and very entertaining, but it starts to hit a little differently. Yeah, I – there's a lot. There's a lot to go over with this, and I don't know how much time we have. So I'm so gonna let I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you keep going. Do you have Do you have anything anything else? Because I have like this type thing. I think as you start to go into it, I will have more to say. So let's go ahead and just go go right ahead. So no, I mean we. I mean obviously we need to have the technical piece in it, you know. But I think I think what's so interesting about this film is you have this news anchor. Actually, excuse me, he's a weatherman. And at mm-hmm. that time period, I know I'm a little bit older than you, so yeah. <laughs> but at that time period, and I, I totally remember this as well, a lot of the news type people did see themselves as celebrities. Like, mm-hmm. and, and some of them were. I mean, I, I had a neighbor who was a sports person for said news station and everywhere he went he thought he was the hot the hot shot you know and everyone's like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh it's so-and-so from so-and-so news and all that stuff so you can kind of see where that personality that uh phil bill murray phil was was trying to portray was you know i'm I'm big stuff. And he even says that like in the beginning of the film where he's about to take off to Punxsutawney and he's like, Oh, there's another network that's interested in me, you know, and Mm, I'm big big stuff, you know? And I, I just thought that was, that was interesting how like they would see themselves as celebrities and, and he can go wherever he wants. And he even, even during the blizzard, he calls, he's like, well, I'm a celebrity and it's an emergency. And, all this stuff. That's what I was about to bring up is like, yeah, that moment where he's trying to 
they're stuck in this town because this blizzard came through that he didn't anticipate. And yeah, he calls, he's like, well, is there some kind of emergency line? Or is there some line for like emergencies or celebrities? And they're like, well, which are you? And he's like, I'm both. <laughs> I'm a celebrity in an emergency. Come on. <laughs> so before I really start like peeling back the onion here, um, I did have a couple questions that I wasn't, the film really didn't answer for me that I kind of like, hmm, okay. don't know, don't know. But um, I know it's interesting that Phil obviously has the same name as the groundhog does. And so mm -hmm. that's kind of an interesting concept to have. Like if is Phil portraying the groundhog that saw his shadow and now he's got this time of, we could call, I'm doing air quotes, winter where he's living, right. reliving like over and over and over. Like a lot of people think like mm -hmm. winter takes forever. Right. Like, is this kind of a metaphor of that? Yeah. So like that's, what if winter really did take forever. Right. So I kind of had that, but I, I know that's, just a whatever and then i don't know but is phil from punxsutawney because he ran into his well i wouldn't say his friend but his acquaintance ned who sells insurance in punxsutawney and so i wasn't sure because oh. i know they're from for, from pittsburgh and yeah but i didn't know that he did they relocate did he wrote relocate and just all of a sudden ran into him or that was that was like another part that yeah. i was i wasn't sure i'm just like does he was he originally from punxsutawney and that's why he has such a bad relationship with it or i don't think so i think it, that's why because he the only person that he really ran into was ned right so and his like complete disdain for the place like right so I don't think so. I think some of the familiarity with Punxsutawney was just that he says this is like his third year that he's been doing this or something. Yeah, four years. He's done four four, years. four years. Yeah. So he definitely has some familiarity with it. I don't right. think that he's from there, though. Yeah, because it kind of gave like weird overtones that he was possibly from this place or a small town, but I didn't, it didn't really outright say. And so that's why I was like, right. is he... Are they hinting that he's actually from here and that's why he has such such a hatred because he's a big shot now at working for a news agency and he's a star and he doesn't want to be associated with the small town or, you know, I, I mean, yeah. I, I may be saying too much I, here. I think those are all interesting points. One of my things with movies, because I actually am the type of person that I don't need to have every single question answered. And I think this is like one of those movies where I think it provides a lot of speculation, which I think is good. And like, I think that's very fun. It's like interesting now that I'm like, oh yeah, that would be interesting if he was from a small town because that would kind of make sense about why he hates this specific small town so much. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't think they necessarily needed to dive into that. But I do think you bring up some interesting points. Right. And I that was just mostly as like, they didn't need to flat out say that, but I just right. thought that was interesting that they kind of had that possible association that i was like oh. that overtone mm -hmm. i think i think i may like as you guys may see in future podcasts i will totally overanalyze stuff like <laughs> so much so yeah um but i i guess just moving forward with the film i thought the whole transition was was interesting because like you said previously as he was very you could tell from very early on, he kind of had like a subconscious attraction to Rita. Um, and yeah. then, 
And then as he started reliving each day over and over and over, he was trying to trick her into liking him, you know, mm -hmm. even though she despised him because he thought he was this pumped up prima mm -hmm. donna is what they say in the film. Um, and I think with that, I think that became like almost the thrill of the chase for him. Because before he'd been doing a bunch of one night stands with, mm -hmm. you know, very hot women. Yeah. He, and he I think with, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think with that, like that became too easy. Right. You know what I mean? With Rita, he, she had seen him kind of at his worst, um, already kind of had some preconceived opinions of him. And you could see like, despite his best efforts, he could never get her into bed with him. Right. It, it always, and you can see in the film, like at the end of each night, she rejects him over yeah. and over and over. And that kind of led into the whole scene of him just not caring anymore. And he mm -hmm. just starts trying to kill himself. He starts doing wild stuff, you know, just, I, and he does a little bit of that at the beginning because he's testing fate. He's like, can I get away with this? Can I right. get away running from the cops? Can I get away stealing from a bank? Can I get away with, and he does that stuff. And then he starts really seeking out Rita. And then when she rejects him so many times over a span, mind you, of 30 to yeah. 40 years. We know. only saw like seven times that she slapped him in the face, but who knows if he'd been doing this for right weeks months years like we right. don't know right i mean uh what could that actually do to a person if you are rejected by a person that you like every day of your life over and over and over and over again mm -hmm. for a long period of time i mean that would mentally screw you up and that kind of especially did. because he was given free do-overs you know what i mean like he was like you know can i get you a drink and then after she said that he was like okay now i know her favorite drink you right. know, and different things like that. He, he, you know, knew her favorite ice cream. He knew. And so that was the thing is it's like he was given do-overs. Like he literally was in like a real life video game almost. Right. And he still couldn't get it. Right. And he couldn't figure out why. And so I think that's kind of what led into the transition of him trying to kill himself because he was coming to the realization that I'm just a bad person. And I just yeah. need I just need to end Ooh, this. Yeah. And so he goes through that whole phase and then he starts to and then I think about this time he's kind of just starting to come to terms with everything. It's like this is it, mm -hmm. this is my life. This is I can't kill myself, I can't do anything. And that's when he kind of like hey brings up to Rita, like, I'm a god. I I'm know a god. everything. Yep. Yeah. I was about to say that I I believe that's the scene where things start to turn around is when he tells Rita, he's like, Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm a god. And she's like, you're God. And he's like, no, I'm not. I don't think I'm the God, but I think I'm a God. <laughs> right, right. And that's when he starts to, I guess, start just learning new skills. He starts reading books. He starts reading poetry. He learns how to play mm -hmm. the piano. He learns how to ice sculpt. He does all this stuff. And the interesting about thing about that is when he starts going through and learning all these different skills and doing all this different stuff, that he slowly notices that Rita is now taking a better interest in him because mm -hmm. he's starting to change. His person's starting to change. Here's what's really interesting. So he tries over and over again to get her to stay and she rejects him every time. That day when he says, you know, I'm a God and starts to show her everything that he knows and like, 
Right. Yeah, maybe this is just what God is. He's just been around long enough that he knows everything. <laughs> and he's actually like really, really honest with her. That is the one night that she stays. They don't, nothing sexual happens. Like, I don't think they even kiss. But, you know, he wakes up the next morning and turns and she's not there. And I just think that that's interesting that the one time that he wasn't trying and he was just like authentically himself and was just like, yeah, this is what I think. These are my thoughts. Please believe me. Like, I'm just so tired. I just want, you know, I just want tomorrow and I never get tomorrow. And well, and that's what he tells her too. He's like, tomorrow you'll hate me again. Yeah. Like, we don't get tomorrow. Tomorrow is today. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's actually, I mean, I kind of disagree a little bit because the, and the only reason I disagree is because I don't think he was showing her his true self because his true self was mm. a pompous ass. But I think what she saw and that what he realized that night is that as he was trying to better himself by learning new skills, by reading books, by becoming more familiar with stuff, that he was noticing that she was starting to take an interest. And that's when he was doing this analysis of, I was an I, I, I was a jerk. I'm sorry, I almost, I almost <laughs> swear it again. Okay. I, was okay. a, I was a jerk. I'm changing myself and it's for the better and people are starting to like me whereas before I was getting rejected and I was a jerk to them but now as I'm trying to better myself you know and we, we that's where we start seeing the full transition happening is mm -hmm. he makes that realization that as he's trying to better himself that people like him and that people like him for who he is and not for mm -hmm. him trying to trick them and then we see that full transition to where he sees the old the old man uh the old homeless person mm -hmm. on the on the street corner and he the first night he sees him and i mean he saw he saw them a number of times obviously but yeah the he first passes time, him every morning right right but the first time that he's like uh let's get you someplace warm and he takes that the old man to a hospital or to like an instacare or something like that and the old man dies mm -hmm. And then we start seeing compassion from Phil for like the first time, like something struck a chord and he now has compassion. And so he tries over and over and over to try and save this guy's life. And and I think it only shows like maybe one or two. Just, I was about to say, I think it shows three. Yeah. Times, but who knows? Like I said, I, I mean, yeah, I keep going back to that. Who knows how long he tried to save this guy's life, you know, trying to feed him, trying to do all this stuff to save this guy. And it gets to the point where it seems like something's clicking where he can't change like that person's outlook mm -hmm. or that person's future, but he could try and better himself. And so he goes around and starts helping everybody. And he does, I mean, we don't see this in the film, but he goes and he surveys the whole entire town to see where he can help out at. And he mm -hmm. clocks it, he times it, he knows the, the exact time. And he is at those places at those times to help the kid that's falling out of the tree, to help the the mayor that's choking, to help just the ladies. Little old that, ladies who have a flat tire. Who have a flat tire. I mean, and who knows what else he does, but you see this whole transition start happening as he's becoming a better and better and better person and then realizes that Rita starts liking him for who he has become. 
not who he yeah. was, but who he's become. And she, I think the first glimpse that we get of that is when he's uh, at the party playing the piano. She's like, yes. oh, you play the piano? And he's like, yeah. And she, you know, and the whole His town, the whole, so proud. town <laughs> the whole town knows him only, only I mean, he's only been there a day, but he's gone and helped so many people that the whole entire town knows who he is. Mm -hmm. And that's just as amazing to do on like one day, you know, in yeah. their mind, in their minds one day. Yeah. And she buys them off the auction and, you know, it, it, mm -hmm. the story kind of goes from there. But I just thought gonna, that whole transition was interesting. Yeah. I'm going to go back to the old man for a minute because I, I didn't realize something until watching it this time. Someone, so when he and Rita are dancing, a couple comes up to him and starts talking about how he's helped. They call him Dr. Connors and talk about how he's helped the bat, their back. Yeah. So I was thinking about that and I'm like, okay, if he's done enough medical research and he's looked into this i'm like he probably did all that research when he was helping that old man yes and i didn't realize that before and i think that uh, there's a couple of points i kind of want to hit with that is i think that there is something to be said about sometimes no matter how hard we try or how much we want something to change it doesn't right he was given chance after chance after chance after chance to save this old man's life, going so far as to doing, you know, who knows how much research to help this man. And at the end of every, we never see this man make it to the end of the day. Right. To the point where he pretty much on his own got his doctorate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think that not to put like a downer on it, but I just think that that's an interesting point is that like, at least for me personally, there have been times in my life where I've almost been like, oh, what, what could I have done different? Like what, what, maybe this would have changed everything. And I think that's an interesting important to be like, well, maybe it wouldn't have, like, maybe it d didn't matter. Maybe it wouldn't have changed anyone. Yeah. And I think to your point, I think that's kind of the point that he, he hit is he wanted mm -hmm. to change himself and better himself so much yes. that he just started trying to seek out knowledge and skill mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And who knows how many books that he read, how many skills he picked up. I mean, we get glimpses of stuff that he knows how to do, but mm -hmm. who knows, you know? Yeah. Just, yeah. And I think what's to be said about that too is, had I been in that position, I feel like my thought would have been like, well, what the hell was the point of reading all those books and doing all that research if it didn't end up doing any good anyway? But then it goes to show it did do good just for, for someone else. Right. And that's kind of my, my point is that's how desperate mm -hmm. of a situation that he was in, even though he's reliving the same day over and over and over again, he is trying so hard to better mm -hmm. himself because he knows of how much of a jerk he was in the past and he wants to change himself. And so even though he's only affecting people's lives for one day, he's affecting his life forever. Because in his mind, that is an eternity. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that at the beginning, he thought he was a celebrity and no one even really gave a crap who he was. Right. And at the end, he legitimately was a celebrity to that entire freaking town because of what he had become through mm -hmm. trying to better himself. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it just goes to show too, like, you know, he, tr at first he was trying to do different things to get Rita. And then, you know, when he really starts to, yeah, kind of how we talked about when he hit that turning point 
I think it's interesting that in the process of bettering himself, new things came out of it. I don't think that he expected, but ended up being amazing. And that's kind of what I meant by that thing with the, with the doc, with the old man. I think that sometimes we do things wanting a certain outcome and we get another outcome instead, which is sometimes, I don't want to say better, but like, but definitely different. And sometimes it is better. You know, I studied, I studied film in college with the expectation of like, I wanted to be a film director. And then I just realized that wasn't what I wanted. And yet I'm still able to use everything I learned in those classes in daily life when I'm watching films now, now we have a podcast. Like, I think that, and that's a very small example, but I think there's lots of things that we do expecting a certain or wanting a certain outcome. And when it doesn't play out, that can sometimes feel very like defeating. Right. And I think that, and again, like, no, I don't know, I feel like I'm waxing a little bit philosophical no. and religious here, but that's part of who I am. Um, I think that that's, well, like, that's and, a, and to be fair, I don't mean to cut you off. This movie does have a lot of religious overtones. In it, it does. And there, I did read something that a lot of different religions did contact these writers and mm -hmm. directors about different things about this film. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And that's a big part of who I am. So that's going to naturally bleed into this podcast a little bit. Um, but I think, like, I'm not one who believes that necessarily everything happens for a reason. Because I'm like, yeah, pain and suffering, does that happen for a reason? I don't know. But I do think that there's something that can be learned from every experience. And there's something that can be used throughout our lives from every experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally does. And, and to your point, like, a lot of people will do stuff to try and be impressed to try and impress others sort of thing, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. they learn different skills or they do certain things or they become a celebrity or, or they do whatever. And every I, first date is you basically coming in with like a personal resume being like, this is why you should want a second date. <laughs> right. Right. And what, that's why I think this transition was so fascinating is because he's, mm -hmm. he knows at this time that everyone's going to have the same opinion about him and he's still trying to better himself because he wants to better himself. And a lot of people can say, make the argument that he was bored, you know, and so he was just doing all this stuff that just passed time. But I think there's more to it than that. I think he really did want to change himself because he wanted to change himself, not because he wanted others to like him. That was just an end result as he became more knowledgeable, more skillful and all that stuff that people mm -hmm. started, especially Rita, noticing him and like oh well you're not the person i thought you were sort of thing so that was just a result of of him doing that but it wasn't a desire or the reason that he did it if that makes sense yeah and i think it's really interesting what rita says kind of the night that first night when he starts to kind of turn things around he says you know he tells her that you know he thinks he's a god and they're talking about this whole thing and she has a moment where she's like maybe this isn't a curse right like maybe this is actually something that could be a gift. And I think that that makes a really good point too, because we like live very, like he had the uh, perfect surety that he was going to wake up the next day and yep. it was going to be Groundhog's Day again. <laughs> yeah. But you know, there's always that thought in the back of his mind that right. the next day could be maybe. the next day. Yeah. Right. And I feel like for us, like we know that there's, next day. you know what i mean like yeah. i know that tomorrow's right. gonna happen and i know that at some point there will be no more tomorrows because i will be dead <laughs> right um <laughs> and so i feel like 
for us, like, I know that there's, that like time, my time on earth is very finite. I know that I have a limited time. He was kind of at a point where for all intents and purposes, he knew that he had eternity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And so I think that kind of, to me, that says like, okay, I don't get to have like 30 years of being a douchebag before I realize I want to be different. And so I think that movie's a little bit of a wake-up call. Yeah. Where I'm just kind of like, well, shoot, what do I want to do today? Yeah, what have, what have I don't I been, know. Yeah, what have I been doing with my finite time? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so, I don't know, I just think it's one of those, I don't know, it's, it's kind of almost like the Groundhog's Day version of A Christmas Carol. You know what I mean? Like, he, and you have the longer time span, but it's that idea of, like, you have some life-changing things happen to you and you go through this whole, you know, what the hero's journey or whatever, you go on this whole experience and it completely changes your outlook on life. And I think that's like kind of the point of both, you know, A Christmas Carol and this is it's kind of like to wake up your inner Scrooge or to wake up your inner Phil and be like, so what are you going to do with your time? Well, and the thing is, is like, I think it's a little bit different than Christmas Carol. I mean, I can see the comparison, but in the Christmas Carol, it was pretty much the idea was if you do not change, this is where you'll this be. This is what happens. Yeah. This is what happens. Yeah. Whereas in him, he's like, I'm a jerk. I need to change and I want to better myself. You That's know, it was, true. It, was, it was more of a personal thing than someone just saying, it's almost like the anti-Christmas Carol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like the opposite. It's like, if you don't change, you'll die. And like okay i better change and where this was like oh well i'm doesn't a jerk. matter what happens you're gonna live forever yeah i'm a jerk no one likes me i'm just gonna change yeah exactly yeah so i don't know that was just kind of all most of my thoughts i just um yeah it was really interesting to watch it again i was surprised by how emotional i got uh with you know starting with the old man but just kind of through throughout the thing like the line where he talked about god where he was like, maybe that's all God is. Maybe he's all knowing because he's just seen it so many times. I was like, that's interesting. Gonna write that yeah. down. <laughs> that's a good point. I actually didn't realize that until you brought that up. That That's a very good point. Yeah, it's just something, I don't, we don't need to get real into it because I'm not even sure what I think of it yet, but I just, he said that line and I was like, that is a very interesting point is that like maybe god is not all knowing he's just seen me do enough stuff that he knows what i'm gonna do just because or like he, he can just, anticipate what i'm gonna do he just sees you do it over and over and over yeah <laughs> yeah like who knows that again you know that's kind of a waxing a little bit religious and philosophical but i do think it was just kind of one of those lines that hit me harder than i expected and he said that and i was like well, that's something I'm going to be thinking about the next week. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of funny where you can take a film that's on the surface, like I kind of said at the beginning, that's such a simple, funny film, you mm -hmm. know, and how you can start peeling it back and it just has so much depth to it. And mm -hmm. it's just... It's just interesting because I, I know when you when you mentioned, oh, we're going to do Groundhog's Day. And I was like, OK, yeah, that was kind of a fun film. And I like watching that film over and over. And, mm -hmm. you know, I as but I watched it as just like a, a fun, lighthearted film. You know, the yeah. guy lives his life over and over and antics happen and whatever. And then as <laughs> <Wacky> hijinks, <laughs> right, right. Shenanigans happen. Uh -huh. <laughs> 
And as I watched it a second time, I was just like, wow, there is actually a lot more depth to this film than I, for some reason, realized, even though I've watched this mm-hmm. film a good 40, 50, 60, 90 times, you know? <laughs> it's just it's just interesting on how such a basic film could be so deep. So I kudos to the writers of this film. Yeah. And I think that's like what's at the crux of a feel-good film because I actually, I was... So the past like couple weeks I've been past week or so I've been watching a lot of different like YouTube rankings and different listings of films and stuff to get ideas and one was like top 10 feel good films or something like that and this was on that list. Yeah. And as they were kind of going through it I was like that's a pretty pretty different film from Wonder Woman shake it up a little bit and I was like plus I think yeah let's let's give some variety let's look at a comedy. And I think what's at the crux of feel good films for me, because I, so my mom's the type of person that I can pretty much pinpoint whether or not she will like a movie based on if it's a happy ending. Okay. She's the type of person. She's like, I just want life. Like I just want it tied up in a neat little bow. Life is hard. Don't want to have to see that on the screen. I'm not like that. I watch movies for a variety of reasons. I love seeing something of quality or I want to experience something different or take like a little bit of a, a look in, you know, a walk in, walk a mile in someone else's shoes. Right. So like Hallmark films, mom loves them. I hate them. The, so very much like the fairy tale type stories. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Which, and I think everyone watches movies with some level of escapism. Like you want to get out of this world and go somewhere else. It just so happens that for my mom, and I know lots of people like this, the escapism is to a point that it's just like, I just want to be happy. I just want to right. see something that will just make me happy. Right, right. So I think that for me, there's a lot of like, quote unquote, feel good films that I just don't like because I'm like, this is not a good movie. Like objectively, this is a bad film. <laughs> and I feel like with this one, you had like the feel good stuff to it, but I think for me, what makes a feel good film quality is when there is enough depth to it where you can just, where there are some layers where like I can sit down if I like, if I just don't want to think and I've had a rough week and I want a film that will just make me feel good, I can watch this. Right. But if I want to like dive in deep a little bit, I can also watch this. And I think that's what the, the crux of just like a feel good film for me is I want something that has the option of challenging a little bit, but still just like brings that warm and fuzzy at the end. Yeah, no, I, I, I fully agree. And, and that this film definitely delivers on, on all those levels to the point where if you just want to just watch it, cause you just feel like some shenanigans and stuff, you can watch it, but it's also a feel good film and, it has multiple layers and it has multiple mm-hmm. depth to it. And it's just, I don't know. It's very interesting. Cause just like I said, like usually I just watch this film usually around Christmas time for some reason. I don't know why, but I guess it has like that Christmassy feel to it. And it's just fun and lighthearted and just great. And then as you like sit down and like fully analyze it, like, wow, this, this actually has got a lot more to it than what's on the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty much ready to give my rating. Do you have any more thoughts? Um, uh, just a few things that I noticed in yeah, the film. Yeah, fire away. That, um, so I'm I'm one that always notices what's going on in the background of films and stuff like mm. that because, mm-hmm. 
it's just how I am. I'm like, I'm just weird like that. So like, even though there's like, you've got your two main actors that are talking, I will, I'm sometimes I'm looking at what the, the extras are doing in the background, you know? Yeah. Um, so f a couple funny things that I found out or I, that I saw the last time I watched it is the second night. So he relives the first, he relives the day. And then that night, um, he's like on his bed and he's taking like Tylenol or something like that. And it's when he breaks the pencil, that, that yeah. scene. Mm -hmm. So when he breaks the pencil and stuff, <laughs> I noticed that on his clock, his clock actually said four o'clock. He's going to bed at four o'clock. Oh, shoot. Yeah. And so you could tell that he had such a rough day and just wanted just it to be over that he went to bed at four o'clock. I'm not sure if that was on purpose or if that just if that clock wasn't really working because it's a prop mm -hmm. or what. But I mean, I just thought that was really interesting that they put that in there, that he was going to, that he was ending his day at four o'clock. Yeah. So. I think that kind of buys into like the stages of grief as well, because at least in I've had some experience with depression and with some of the days that have been worse for me, there are times that I'm like, yep, we're going to bed at five. Yeah. I don't yep. even care. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm, I think. That, oh no, go ahead. I just think it's interesting that a guy who, you know, had this kind of weatherman uh, career. So, you know, he had a regular schedule got to a point where he was just like, F it. I'm going to bed at four. <laughs> Well, and I'm not sure if you caught it at the beginning, but he was the afternoon evening weatherman too. He did the five clocks. Mm -hmm. I did see that. Yep. And so for him to go to bed at four, that's super bizarre because he would be at work mm -hmm. at that time. Yeah. So, and then the other part that I saw, and this is just more of a, a thinker of just when he ran into Ned and then he stepped off the curb and stepped into that hole of water, like cold water, and it goes mm -hmm. up like like almost halfway up his shin. Could you yeah. imagine wintertime with your, was, your your leg being like wet and you're, oh, that'd be awful. Like one of the taglines for the film was something along the lines of like, what if you had to live your worst day over and over again? And I think that's like interesting is, for me, I was just like, yeah, that's a day. And then as I was kind of watching it this time, I was like, Wow, he's really had like a crappy, crappy day. Yeah. Yep. And he has to like well, and he kind of makes that point at some point he where he's like, Yeah, I I've been to Costa Rica and met a hot girl and why couldn't I relive that day? <laughs> yep. Yep. And it's like, yeah, he really is. This isn't just a random day. This is one of his worst days. Yeah, and I just thought those couple scenes were just interesting to me. I mean, obviously, we've seen them and knew about them and stuff, but I just didn't really think about, like, if I was in that situation and I stepped off and it's the middle of winter and I my leg is now soaked and my my shoe probably filled with water. Mm -hmm. Just how... I hate wet socks. I hate the feeling yeah, of a wet sock in a yeah, shoe. I hate it. Just how miserable I would be, you know, just, yeah. It, it just it just was, was super interesting so and of all out of everyone who could have seen you it's freaking ned <laughs> yeah exactly ned ned ryerson <laughs> sells insurance yep um yeah i mean that that was really it that was just a couple little parts that yeah, i just no, noticed I, think that's some... I just was like oh yeah just kind of little thinkers yeah no i think you i think those were interesting to bring up i think they provide a little bit more i don't know insight into the film for sure 
Um, so out of, we ready for our ratings now? Yeah, let's do it. So this one, so very, very few films for me get in the 90s just because movies in the 90s are usually reserved for like ones that hit me on a personal level or like just had a lot had to do with me personally like it taught me something that I needed to know really quickly so this didn't despite me not having any big critiques it didn't hit the 90s for me but I would give this one because of rewatchability and like the the two the the comedic as well as the the kind of deeper stuff i gave this one an 84 okay um so i think this is going to be a rarity and we may need to like write this down in history because it's probably the only time that i'm going to give a a movie a rating as high as i'm going to give this one so Because I'm usually, I'm pretty hard on films, and obviously you will see that as we go through these different films and stuff. I'm pretty hard on films, um, not because I'm a jerk, just because I really <laughs> I really critique and analyze films like crazy. But honestly, this one I'm giving it a 99. Like, Dang, this, the story is good. The casting that they did was phenomenal. The mm-hmm. acting was phenomenal, and it mm-hmm. I didn't see any parts that dragged. Um, it just was a good story from beginning to end and i thought the execution was very well done and i i just thought all the way around it was it was great i mean i have zero complaints and zero critiques about this film i could not think of anything as i was watching this film i cannot think of anything that would have made this better honestly fair enough yeah they just did a very good job of not giving you too much but giving you just enough to where you are thinking and trying to put yourself into phil's situation so i that's Mm. that's where i'm at with this one so kind of a flip from last week interesting yeah but that's what i'm saying this is this is gonna be rare so Uh yeah i'm usually gonna probably be lower in some things but Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and we talked we talked about that a little bit i i tend to yeah like i said agree agree with critics a little bit and i there are very few films that i give less than like a 50 or higher than like a 90 just because I don't, I'm like, you have to either be really good or really bad for it to warrant that. Right, right. No, I, and I fully agree. And I tend not to agree with critics. And I also don't read what critics say about films. I like to go in myself and just watch the films and just analyze them myself because Mm -hmm. a lot of times I just don't agree with what critics say. I mean, and so I'm just like, I don't care what you guys say. I'm just going to go in for myself and check it out. So yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, thank you. Uh, Thanks for joining me today, Brett. Thank you for everyone who listened in. Yeah. If you want to prep for the next movie that we're doing, it is 2014's. Ex Machina. Um, it stars Domhnall Gleeson, um, Oscar Isaac, and Alicia Vikander. That's how you pronounce her last name. Um, so we, we will... I already have lots of thoughts about that, and I haven't even given it a rewatch yet. So I, I don't know about this film, honestly, and I'm going to have to watch it again. It's been a number of years, but I think mm-hmm. this is going to be a very interesting review that we yeah. do. Yeah. So anyway, if anyone's interested in watching it, um, that's the that's the film that we're doing again. It's twenty four came out in twenty fourteen. It's called Ex Machina. 
Um, it's a sci-fi. It's the same director who did another movie that came out uh, in 2018, I believe, called Annihilation. So if you want to prep for next week, because as always, there will be spoilers. So we will see you um, next Thursday. All right. See you guys.